Welcome back to another episode of Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben. And I am the Chris that just stuffed up a whole lot of shit. (laughs) (laughs) So we might actually just release that anyway. The Geelong 2.0, if you like to hear our advice twice, uh, that'll happen. So unfortunately, because we did have the audio issues, uh, it was Chris's turn to record the teams that he had researched. And he went for one that he'd already released. Uh, yeah, well, I kind and of, I didn't pick up on it because we were re-recording. So today is the um, the double down on re-recording of the G's. Um, Geelong. There's too many G teams. To be fair. To be fair. Yeah, it's, so, it's not really my fault so much as it's the alphabet's fault. Anyway, we're blaming Chris. Um, <laughs> so anyway, you can find us facebook.com forward slash sc insider. Twitter, it is sc underscore insider underscore. And on Twitch, Chris. Twitch.tv forward slash sc underscore insider. And obviously find us on all major podcast platforms, including. Uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcast, everywhere. iTunes, you name it, we're there. You name it, we get around. We do. Um, okay, so GWS, Chris, are the number one Supercoach scoring side in the competition. They are. Uh, which makes them very Supercoach relevant uh, if they can all stay on the park. That's true. That's their one big issue is that they like literally have never been able to just keep their best 22 on the park. Oh, that's what we need to do. We need to play the big sound for this one. That was fantastic last year. That was good. That was good. That was good for about five minutes until they got smashed. That would have to have been much more entertaining than their oh, performance on the ground. Easily. The entire Twitter so performance good. for 24 hours before the actual bounce. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, but look, obviously, GWS, they have a great buy. They've got the round 14 buy, which is the best buy for players to get you through the buys. Yeah, premiums and rookies, for sure. Of, of course, yeah. So, um, But it is, it's very heavy for premiums, that buy. So you also got to be a little bit careful with how many you do. But if you're going to choose someone from GWS, make sure it's not a breakout contender. Make sure it's a fully fledged premium that you think is going to be at least able to play you to, through to those. Someone rounds. that's not going to hurt you yeah. to the point where you're like, oh, I have to keep them until the buys, and then you don't even like them. Absolutely, um, they do have a decent start to the season. So they've got Geelong at home, Melbourne at the G, uh, Dogs at Canberra, Sydney Derby, and then of course Gold Coast. So decent start. Their finals runs a little bit different. It's very, I think it's probably better than their start. Sydney at home, Brisbane at Canberra, Geelong away, and then Frio at home before they play Port Adelaide in round 23. So not a bad little finals run there. The double-up games are Sydney, Geelong, Dogs, Tigers, and Essendon, uh, which is pretty good uh, considering, I think, Geelong that we just did again. Um, they've got a very, very tough draw. Uh, their double-ups aren't that bad. And, and it helps that, obviously, Sydney's not very competitive at the moment. Um, and Essendon are a rabble always, so that's I, always good. I think in my subconsciousness, Chris, I'm going to pick Geelong players now for some stupid reason. I wonder, <laughs> I wonder why. Fair call. We've done, you know, if this it's the second time we did that for no reason. Oh, I'm so upset. Anyway, all good. Um, so I do feel for GWS, of course. Uh, last year was literally a case of what could have been. The biggest thing with GWS is that they made the grand final with a bit part midfield and half of their team injured for most of the year. Um, so they had massive injuries, but for Kelly, Canelio, Patton, Ward, Davis, Mumford, Williams, Whit Williams, Whitfield, but they were able to get some development into the younger guys. So guys like Hately finally got some game time. Yeah, Corwell, of course, Ian Hill. People like Taranto got actually a real run in the midfield. Absolutely, and so, Green Green got a run through. Yeah, yeah, which kind of inflated their price massively, which made them really poor picks this year. But yes, now he's green in price. Absolutely green. 
Um, so look, I don't see a lot of rookie development this year if their players stay in the park. Yeah. And it's a massive if because they've, they've had injury worries. Even people like Caldwell would have been great if he didn't play those two games and he would have been probably 123k. But yeah. the problem is he played a couple of games because of the injury effectiveness of the team and he's still like high 190s. I'm like, well, what the what the F? Absolutely. And, and look, what I would say about um, GWS's year last year is the way that they are first of all, able to manage their injuries, but second of all, the way that Leon Cameron coached, I think I was just really impressed with him as a coach in general. Yes. Um, his ability to read the opposition and adjust his team to suit how to counterplay them is probably second none in the AFL, in my opinion. I think most coaches yeah. play to their strengths, try and enforce their game plan. Not a one-trick pony. Like, no. you see some coaches are like, well, what have you done? You haven't done anything. You just stick to what you know, and there's no yeah. plan B, there's no plan C. Whereas they come in and go, okay, so we're playing this team, this is their strengths, let's tweak a few things, and we're going to throw a different strategy at them. Absolutely. Which makes them hard to plan for. You know I mean? If you're hard to plan for them, then essentially GWS then get a better opportunity to run the style of game that they want, yep. and they tend to score better and win games and, yeah, score for Supercoach. Uh, well, and part of that is purely just, I think you can do that when you've just got talent all over the park. So when you've got a stupidly talented side, and I think they are probably the most talented AFL side right now yes in terms of the people they've got you can kind of just do whatever you want because you'll win the ball at the contest so oh yeah we'll change this but then we'll win it here we'll win it here they can do that because they've got just talent everywhere Chris yes I forgot to ask you and I know you've asked you this already however Chris Chilcott uh, does want an answer to his question Chris yep uh, would you rather fight a duck size Shane, um, sorry, a Shane Mumford sized duck or 20 duck sized Shane Mumfords um, I'd rather fight one uh, Shane Mumford-sized duck, <laughs> to be fair. Really? Yeah, just snotting one, I'm good. Jeez, I'd I mean, rather... These, these, you know, these guns got little... They got a little power behind them. I got, I got, I got oh, this covered. Jeez, you got a one, two. That's Plus, it. ducks really don't have arms. I mean, they're just going to quack at me. So it's like, oh, whatever. You are a quack. Just grab um, them by the bill and just be like, yeah, whatever. Boom, mate, you've boom, never get paid... in there. Yeah, get in. Yeah. You've never paid a bill in your life. That's true. Um... <laughs> I actually disagree, Chris. I'm going to go with the 20 duck-sized Mumfords because Mumford, as we know, has about at least a 50% chance of getting injured. So I reckon 10 of those ducks will be gone by the time they try and fight me. Well, that's also true. Plus, I've heard a rumor, if you just go down to the park and grab some fish and chips and maybe a bit of Coke and just sprinkle that everywhere. Chris, you cannot make those jokes. Are you implying, Chris, that these ducks have white line fever? (laughs) Of course they do if they're Mumford-sized ducks. Jesus. Surely they okay. do. All right, let's move on. Thank right. you for that question. Um, I don't know if we can say really thank you, but look, Chris, that's uh, Chris nah, Chilcott. Totally worth it. Interesting. Thank you. Um, so the one thing that I will say was consistent throughout their game plan in 2019 was the one pure, very obvious fact to everyone is kick it to Whitfield. If Whitfield's on the ground and they're getting moving the ball from defense, it's where is Lockie Whitfield? We're going to kick to him. Get him open, get him free, and then we'll launch our attack. It's the Bobby Boucher of GWS. It, uh, it's legitimately Bobby like, Boucher is in in offense. He's in defense. He's a, you know Bobby Boucher is a blocker. Um, and they work to get him out. So like even if he's getting locked down, they would work to get him free. And so I, I just found that fascinating the entire year when he was not playing. It was kicker to Zach Williams. So. Either way, they had that outlet who's a fantastic... They are both absolutely beautiful kicks of the football. Yep. 
But moving the ball forward out of defense is kick it to Whitfield. If he's not available, kick it to Williams. You know what, Chris? He was also free when he was injured because he wasn't playing. Absolutely. <laughs> or last year when he was hiding out at what's that guy's at Lambert's house. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, do you remember that? Yeah, that was the year good, before. Yeah, that was good gear. That was the year before when he missed the first what, eight rounds. That was definitely good gear. Good gear. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, that is a rule for everyone. Never trust your ex-girlfriend. <laughs> what they're never going to say anything nice about you they're going to stitch That's you up true, everywhere of course she yeah. can make a little bit we of money out of it issues. as well we don't have those issues anymore plus she probably lost heaps of Instagram followers so oh. <laughs> that's all they're good for these days anyway um, <laughs> in the off season of course uh, Dawson Simpson retired Brett Delidio champion of the game retired Adam Tomlinson went to Melbourne John Patton went to the Hawks Aiden Bonner went to North Sam Jacobs they got from Adelaide of course they did retain Tom Sheridan, Zach Sproul, and Nick Shipley. Um, and they also have retained Shane Mumford, which seems to be more of a trigger clause style. Yeah, you're a backup, but we don't expect you to play at all. Look, I'm glad they kept uh, Shipley because I heard he was set to sail. <laughs> he was. He's actually really good. Like The fact that Shipley hasn't had sustained time in an AFL side is upsetting. He, his numbers are through the roof in the NEFL, and I suppose that's probably for most Players in the NFL that are on an AFL list, but That's true. Um, he should. I'm, I'm hoping that he gets some sort of game time this year. He's actually rookie priced again. I know someone's got to go all in on him. They got to ship the biscuits. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, but let's get into the premiums. Of course, we have got Zach Williams uh, in defence, 551k. And look, I'm surprised he actually didn't hit midfield status and get a defender midfield swing. Yes, um, played a huge amount of midfield minutes because of the injuries. Absolutely. And with a fully fit side, I don't see him doing anything more than maybe a pinch hit through there. Uh, which realistically means that he did score really well in defence anyway, but then Whitfield was out for quite a lot of games. So then if it's not Whitfield, it's Williams. And then because they had injuries in the midfield, Williams went into the midfield. So it's interesting he, that you say that. Is he, like, I know he's relevant, obviously, but is he going to go up in price or is he overpriced? I, I think he's overpriced. And I'll tell you why. And you now you hit it nail on the head right there. When, um, when Zach Williams played without Lockie Whitfield, he averaged 118 points per game. When he av- when he was with Whitfield, it was under a hundred. Right. So there's a huge disparity between the, the games where Whitfield was the primary mover out of defence and when Zach Williams got that gig. So I would say one hundred percent overpriced. Can you explain for the people at home that are like, but hang on, Whitfield was a forward, so how could he be in defence, Chris? So the six 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 rule, um, which basically means six forwards need to start, six midfields need to start, and six defenders started. Lockie Whitfield did one of two things. He either started on a half-forward flank or started on a wing and immediately rotated behind the ball. Yep. Um, if he wasn't behind the ball, he was on a wing. So if he's a forward, he's moving to the wing. If he's a midfield, he's moving to defence. He never actually stayed where he was stationed. No. And the benefit was is if he did start on the forward flank, if you're really fit like a Whitfield, you could... So if you're on the wing and you try and push into the back line, chances are your wing sometimes might actually follow you in towards the back line. If you run from a forward flank all the way into defence, they're not going to follow you. Absolutely. Um, so not the, the chances are less. So it's kind of one of those things that you might sort of fiddle with. But the benefit for us is that we have a really good forward option yep. if you can play a full season. Now, I do think there is some merit to the fact that Zach Williams may get more forward time, which could spike his average a little bit. Even though he kind of averaged the same playing midfield that he did in defense, I just think that those high scores that he got in defense, if Lockie Whitfield's there the whole season, which hopefully he will be, you're not going to get those higher scores. So if he transitions to the midfield, I can see him maintaining and increasing his average slightly. But the only way that happens is their new draft pick, um, Lachlan Ash, who they got a pick four. 
He's a halfback flanker with elite kicking skills. He may, and he's ready to go. So there's every chance that GWS actually pull the trigger there. But knowing GWS, knowing how they operate, knowing that they never play rookies. No, that, they like to make them wait two years and then give them a season and trade well, them. Well, they're just too talented. So yeah, why would you hard. put him in? So there'd have to be space in the midfield for for Lachlan Ash to come in to push Zach Williams out to go midfield. And unfortunately, they've got two players returning from injury, which is Callum Ward and Steve Canelio. I don't think there's room there. So I don't think Lachlan Ash plays first game. I also don't think that Zach Williams gets midfield minutes. I think it's more of the same. I think he probably averages 95 to 102-ish. Yeah. I, don't, I still I, think he's a good player, but... Which is still yeah, good. It's he's still, still going to be and top he, 10. And he still has a good buy around. So as in, I don't mind people picking him because he has been in yeah, and out of my side absolutely. a little bit this time. So I'm just, for me, over slightly overpriced. And I'm not going to be spending 550k on a slightly overpriced defender. To me, that's just too much money. I'm not going to take that risk. Um, also, the other fact is that he's only ever played 20 games a season. So he's, he's never played a full season of football. And of course, he had that recent he had an ACL. Was yeah. it? No, it was Achilles injury. Sorry. Achilles uh, two years ago. Yes. Yeah. So to me, if you're paying 550k for a guy that only plays 20 games, um, that's unreliable for a role right now. And we can't really depend on his scoring. Yeah. It's he, he could easily smash it out of the gate, but at the same time, you know, have some caution and on your expectations because as we've said many times, everyone's going up this type this time of year. Everyone's gonna average more. Uh, everyone's going to get more midfield minutes or everyone's killing it in the preseason. Absolutely. So, yeah, teams also remember teams want to build up the hype. Sometimes yes they'll give some insight onto everyone's playing midfield. onto what's happening and the things that they're they're messing with. But yep. doesn't mean that just because they're trying it now when they go into the JLT they might give it a try, and if it doesn't work, then bang, that person's out of that, that rotation. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And look, I don't think that Zach Williams, in terms of his spot in the 22, is ever in question. I think he's no. absolute gun mid gun midfielder and gun defender, but he's definitely more valued to them off the halfback flank with their ball movement. So, yeah. And le- I think less risk than Sicily. I think Sicily probably has... A little bit more upside if he gets the right role. That's right. But less, less, less swing. I can't see Zach Williams averaging one ten or and blowing us out of the water and being like an absolute bona fide top one, top two, no super coach performer. So but to me, it's a hundred mark. I expect. Like, yeah. I, I thought he'd break so it's out. Not a he bad pick. Achilles. It's no. just not and, and great buy. So it's not a bad yeah. pick. It's just like eh, eh. Um, other other defenders of note, mainly for draft, really, of course. Uh, Nick Haynes, obviously intercepting defender, he averaged eighty seven. Last yep. year, and then of course Heath Shaw, he's average eighty two, but draft value. He occasionally can win you a game with a one forty, you know. So D five maybe for it. a heater. Haynes was actually yeah quite good, I think, for them this year. So absolutely. Yep. Let's move on to the midfield, and we've got some absolute the best. jets. Oh, the best. Oh part. yeah. Yeah. Josh Kelly, of course, unfortunately played fourteen games, but he's six hundred thirty seven k, averaged one hundred seventeen, and look, he's just a jet. At the end of the day, he's just. Absolutely. If anyone's watched GWS play, he is. He can be inside, he can be outside, he can change a game, he can kick goals. He does everything. He's See, a complete midfielder. The problem was, though, is that he did have some, was it hip or groin issues uh, coming, All year. coming into... Well, into the year. Then. Coming into so coming into the season last year, so he didn't really have much of a preseason, didn't even play round one, came in just after. Um, so for me, if you're having issues with your hip and your groin, you're not running too much, you're not extending out, then you come in, you're trying to hit full fitness, you're playing a midfield role inside, outside, and you run a lot. So I think trying to play catch-up could have actually added to the fact that he did have that minor calf issue. Yep. Um, if he has a full preseason this year, he's only, what was it, 9.5 or 9.9% owned. If he has a full preseason, and I'm saying if, he could 
He has the skills. If he gets a good run at it for the preseason, they play, they play Gold Coast twice. Mm-hmm. He could average you 130-odd. He could blow... He's the guy. He could go he from 117. He could go the next level. And but, I mean, even if you look at game. his scoring history, I mean, last the year before was 114. He's improved every single year. Yep. But like, he just hasn't that. got the... like. The, the time on the park. And the reason he averages well is because his base is so high. Absolutely. He hasn't scored under 80 since, like, was it 2016? 20, yeah, 2016. Last year, maybe? case in point, scored three scores under 100. It was 82, 95, and 97. The 82 and the 95 were both games he came back from injury. Yeah. And Leon Cameron didn't play him in the guts. He played him on a wing. Yeah. Like, so... Take it easy, mate. I, like, legitimately, like he's, you take those scores out. I mean, I would never take those scores out because no. there's every chance he plays a little bit outside this year, but... I just can't see a situation. If he doesn't get injured, he's a top three midfielder, potentially the first. Yeah. Like, oh, upsides are huge, huge upside. But again, if you're playing with risk elsewhere, you probably want to minimize the risk on that line. And that's the issue, right? The, ri- yes. the risk is the injury. So, so here's the counter argument to that. If you do want to have him in your team at some stage this year, you should start with him because you're saving yeah. at least one trade. Correct. And that's what I did with uh, Nat Fife last year. I thought if I start with him, because if he goes on a heater, I don't want to bring him in. Because if my argument is that he's too injury prone, you can't bring him in because you're bringing them in only to then possibly trade them out. Their risk of injury is the same. If you start with them and they get injured, well, you know that Josh Kelly's going to average you well up until the point he gets injured. So you're going to be able to sideways trade him yep. anyway. Um, yeah. And that's the, the thing. You don't have to burn a trade to bring them in only to trade them out if they get injured you start with them and then you enjoy the ride and absolutely if the, if the ride finishes then you say thanks very much two other positives about um oh sorry one one positive one negative about also picking josh kelly he's the one midfielder like in like in the the, the best midfielders that's role's not changing right canelio's yep. got the chance that he'll play forward because yep. he can kick goals ward might mix some up for like if a toronto starts killing they might rotate Tarant- through exactly right ward might come in ward who's, might do who's else. not going anywhere josh kelly josh kelly's not going anywhere He's not. Now, the one bad thing is that he shares the buy, obviously, with the Western Bulldogs. Yes. Who have three premium options in the midfield this so, year. So, yeah, if you're starting two of those dogs, you could go with Kelly. But if you don't you're want to. If three, you're starting with three dogs, you can't go Kelly. No. And then it starts to be risky. But you got, you got to also remember that Matt Rowell has that same buy as well. So then you've obviously got to trade Rowell at that round 14 at the absolute latest. Um, so look, that's a, just just one little bit of concern if you can even up your buy structure. I was gonna say the good thing about that buy is, is that you know Gold Coast and those kind of teams do have that buy, which means that you're not actually going to want any premiums from those other sides. So the buyers you have, the only issue is though, uh, Hawks have the buy. So if you have a Titch, you can't have two dogs Titch and Kelly. Yep, that's four. there's no way you could carry four. Uh, yeah, but otherwise, Suns, Adelaide, and North. Not really. Uh, Adelaide, if you want to start a Sloan and you want to be risky, then sure, that comes into consideration. It depends how you see Titch, because I, I see Titch as someone that you're probably going to want to have yeah. before the buys. Yes, Cause, so cause do it, I. So, That's interesting then, because Kelly, two dogs, and Titch. Exactly right. So, so pick your poison. Yeah, um, it's hard. If you start Kelly, then you... The, here's the thing. What you can do is this. Start Kelly. Maybe he gets injured, because he probably will. Bring in Titch. Bang, Titch, done. I think I've just solved everyone's problem. You you're, wel- you're fucking welcome. What can I say <laughs> except you're, you're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you very much. That was good. <laughs> um, all right, now moving on to Taranto. Um, had a great year. 550K, 55K mid. Yes. He averaged 102. But look. He really benefited when others went out of the site. Absolutely. You look, even his scores, it's like, well, you look at these averages when Kelly's gone or Cornelio's gone. He, he averaged you know, well through the roof. 
Uh, yeah, and so he's one that unfortunately I can't see. If they have a fit 22 going into round one, I can't see him averaging anywhere close to 102. He's going to be playing more forward minutes. I think he's more 90-95. As a midfield option, completely write him off. Draft, I wouldn't be picking him at 102. No. I'll, uh, I'll let that one fly. At a picker. risk, you could probably take him around 100 and hope he kind of maintains value. He did have some high ceiling games, and he's not the worst option in the world. But again, oh, he tackles big. He yeah. racks up the ball. He can't use it for... No, but he's, his he, kicking is erratic. he's over average. You're basically hoping if you pick him up at a 1 or 2 average, you are hoping for natural development 110 and, for, plus, and for him right? to be more efficient. No, no, but as in to average more the same in the same position because of natural development. Maybe. Uh, a best case scenario, he averages the same playing forward mid. I think McCluggage out averages in this year. Oh, I get that. You agree um, with me? I too. agree with you. Yes, I absolutely do. Uh, and I think McCluggage is cheaper, right? He's probably he like 20, 30k he cheaper. He is. Uh, not for standard. For draft, you could try and get him around the 100 mark, but someone's going to pay 102 average for him and let them. Oh, I can't uh, wait to just pip you at the I'd, post I'd, of McCluggage. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> but, you know, uh, Taranto, you might. I think a 98 sort of average would be a safer place to pick him, but in your draft leagues, people are going to pick him at a 102. Nah, people are going to pick him 105, man. Yeah. Who are going to pick him 105, I'll pick, bro? I'll pick Cornelio first. <laughs> Good. I, I would, and that leads us on to our next midfielder, 549k. Cornelio, 101.2. Cornelio! Cornelio! Um, he's obviously slightly underpriced, so people who don't listen to our podcast or don't watch football, they won't know, but... He was injured on zero in round 17, which ended his season. Um, so his actual true average is 108.4. So he's, he's seven points under Did you have him for that zero, Chris? I no, didn't, I didn't. no, I didn't. No. Was not on the Canelia. Oh, yeah. maybe I, I think was. you were. I think you were. No, I, I, I traded him. I had a zero. I think I had him traded. After he got injured, probably. I think you brought him in because he was so cheap you couldn't turn him down, as I did. Oh, no, I made some bad decisions last year. Yeah. Um, so on two occasions, played 21 games, but unfortunately... Six seasons in a six seasons out of his eight, he's missed four or more games, which is a massive concern for something as skillful as Canelio. Yes, um, he can be a super damaging midfielder. He tackles, he kicks goals, he runs forward. His work rate is super high. He's a decent uh, disposer of the football without being fantastic. Um, but I, I wonder how the captaincy will affect him this year. I, I will, will he will he lift? Will I it? think he's been a captain all of his life. Yeah, true. So to me, Ooh. someone like Cornelio getting a captaincy is just a natural progression. The new name is CC Captain Cornelio. Captain Cornelio. Call him CC. I do like Cornelio as an option for standard. My only concern is, is he top tier? Even if he plays twenty two games, is he going to be one ten plus? And even if he is, well, even if he hit one, even if he hits one ten, he might be Fair a enough. well, he might be a top ten option, but he's not. I don't think he's top eight option. He might scrape in like he has previously, but you want the, the you want the the top. Well, the problem is with the round fourteen buy, you're waiting to round fifteen to upgrade to him. And then yeah, out of that round fifteen, he is still what um, Dunkley, McRae, Bontempelli, Titch, all these other Kelly. Oliver's the one that I'd go, I'd go ahead of Kelly. Oliver. I'm just saying Kelly, so yeah, that yeah. he'd be sixth highest midfielder for that buy, which means you can't. Really oh, for the buy, for yeah. the buy, yep. Yeah, so look. I I'm of the opinion. Look, if you want to start, you know, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I think it you, you, it's risky, but you've hey. got a call there. He's underpriced. He's undervalued. He's going to be super unique. So I can see the pick, and he's cheap. He's five forty nine k. So you're probably saving yeah. a little bit of money. But is he going to be top tier? Probably not. If he plays out the year, he's probably going to be your M eight. Yep. And if you're thinking about picking him in standard, ask any uh, Cornelio owner that started him last year, <laughs> and they will probably tell you otherwise. Yes, but. 
Standard uh, draft draft oh, relevancy, big, big value. One hundred five. You reckon pick him up? You got to get a bit of value out of him. Easy. I think he's worth one hundred five in a draft value situation. Yeah, easy. So uh, I would happily have Cornelio as my M two or three, depending on where you're picking other lines. Absolutely. Cornelio at M two. There's a good little VC option if you have like a you know someone else. I also we we redraw on this quite a bit, but I love watching players that are just really good players. Yeah. He, he hits, hits, he hits, a, hits the scoreboard. He can play. bang out some one thirties. I don't mind him. Yeah, good player. Um, on to the next injury concern, which seems to be every single midfielder at GWS. Um, Callum Ward, 511 mid, at a K mid. And the, uh, to be completely honest, Supercoach absolutely stuffed us here because yeah, bust his ACL on four in round one. So they didn't take that average into concern, obviously. And they just gave him a really shallow a really shallow um, price deduction of, I think it was 10%. 511k for a guy that did his ACL in round one on four is horrible. And worst part of all of that, he's not it's even horrible. the greatest of SE players. Like, he's a perennial 100 to 105 super coach averaging guy. So it's not like he's a Titch that's a 134 average and, you know, it's going to be fantastic. Even, and everyone's t- gonna be even on Titch, they reamed us on. Oh, absolutely, they reamed us. So I, he's a notorious late bloomer. So coming back from ACL. He'll play early, yep. but don't start him. If you need someone late in the season, he could I don't go, mind. He, could go on a, he can on go a on a six, yeah. eight game run and go 120 for six yeah. games. I you know? think we mentioned on the uh, Geelong second round podcast. Um, yeah. But yeah, I picked him up real cheap in the draft league and he averaged 115 uh, for like the last 10 rounds. And Absolutely. he has done that previously. I think one season he went really big early. People jumped on him in standard. I think it was maybe two years ago. And then yep. he, boo, paddled, paddled, yeah, paddled. Absolutely. A couple of seasons ago. So now yeah. others that are more draft relevant, of course, Hopper is one to consider. Um, I don't think again he has enough mid minutes to make it worth it. And this is kind of the theme. Like yeah. all of these mid players coming back, if they're if they're round one midfield, should be everyone's Canelio, Kelly, Ward. That's Every, the three best. Everyone's midfields. inflated. Hopper's inflated because of the minutes they got. Toby Green's inflated because of the midfield minutes he got. Absolutely. Uh, uh, you know the injuries they had. Those points, they were still scoring well points because the roles are there and they have such good talent. But it means, like as we've said previously, it's role dependent. The better the role, the more Super points. coach is role dependent. Yep. And I mean, sometimes the team creates a role around a player because they're that good. But like that's a Lockie Whitfield situation where halfback flankers usually don't possess the ball that much. But of course, you're Lockie Whitfield, so your skills are that good. Anyway, moving on to the ruck, and of course, um, apart from Shane Mumford, who's basically retired but still on the list, um, Sam Jacobs, 348k ruck. Uh, we got a bit lucky here with Sam Jacobs. Cornelio, 13.5% owned. Jacobs is 12.3. Callum Wood, Muscle, Toby Green is 8.1. Lachlan Ash is actually at 7.4, which is good. And it looks like not many people have started Ward, which is probably a good yeah, that's sign. Yeah, pretty standard, I'd assume. Um, that's probably good that people understand he's probably overpriced for his production early in the season. Um, but Sam Jacobs... So, um, 2.4 for Wood. 2.4. Yes, wow. still enough. The first thing I'll say that if, if you are not locking in Grundy Gorn, in my opinion, this is my only opinion, I don't know if it's your opinion. Yes, the only, you only have one more option. The only other option is Sam Jacobs. It's the yes. only one that makes sense from a super coach standard perspective. Um, there's a few reasons why, but I'll, I'll go through that. First, first and foremost, he's 348k, so he's cheap enough that he can make you enough money. He can still make you or get you to 500k. You can go on a run, have a few hundreds, bang, I'm at 500k. He's been, he's been notorious to knock out the old 140 and that kind of thing as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. And he is tapping to a delightful midfield. Oh, much better. Like, in Adelaide, right, and we've proven this over stats with the Adelaide podcast, 
they were 15th for center clearances in the year. Yes. So, that, uh, yes, Riley O'Brien was tapping to them, which obviously is a little bit different from Sam Jacobs, which they would have had the previous years. However, Jacobs is a notoriously great hit-out-to-advantage ruckman. His best work is a tap ruckman. He gets high hit-out numbers yep. and high hit-out-to-advantage numbers. He doesn't really get many possessions or tackles or marks around the ground. So he gets most of his if points he does, from hit-outs-to-advantage. And if he does get a mark, he's usually handballing it off to a midfielder or, or a defender that can actually use the ball. Absolutely. So he with that better midfield... A, an outgoing ruckman that averaged yeah, Mumford averaged eighty six last year. Yeah, it's a decent average considering, considering Mumford gave away how terrible he was in the back end of the year and how many free kicks against Mumford had. He had the he led most the league by a lot. Yeah, he had like oh, I don't even know. I don't want to speculate, but it was like twenty or thirty more free kicks against than any other player in the league. And take that in consideration. Let's say he doesn't have three for a game, which is unfortunately what he had. I think there's every opportunity for Sam Jacobs to average around about 95 points per game next year. Yeah. Now, true. if he does that, he's a valid selection. Unfortunately, if he only goes 85, I don't think it's enough to warrant choosing him. No. Because I think 95 means he's a good stepping stone to Gorn. Now, the other thing is, best buy Again. for Supercoach. So, he has that round 14 buy. Gorn has the round 13 buy. So, in round 14, it's a simple sideways trade straight to yep. Gorn. Down up. The yeah. reason that comes into effect is that if you go uh, if you go Jacobs in the R two position, yep. it means you can have possibly the sixth midfielder that you were longing for. Now you might start with that extra premium, so it's no longer okay. What what um, say Jacobs scores compared to to Gorn? It's more like okay. So what does a Lockie Neal score compared to Gorn? And then you use that midfield option. And the good thing is that you actually pick up. That round that they have the the buy, you pick up 80 points or whatever he scores in that buy round, you then add that to your score. So it can be really good as far as instead of having those two not playing on that line, you can pick up 80 to 100 points maybe for the buy round that Jacobs does play and Gorn and Grundy are gone. And then if your midfielder or whoever else you're supplementing for scores well, you could actually be ahead on points. Absolutely. So... In my opinion, there's there's a, there's a few great things you can do with that extra cash. I mean, you're looking at about 350k. So it's a lot. A rookie with 350k is up to say a Darcy Parish yep. or a Jordan Dawson or one of those sort of speculative mid prices. Yep. For, for instance, if you end up going okay, instead of going um, a cockatoo or something like that, you just go like a basement rookie, and you go your instead of saying maybe starting Real, you can start an Oliver. For uh, that, basically, yeah. that's basically what it means. Absolutely, and so. Does that equate, and this is what we've got to work out, is that 30 points per game? Because I think Gorn is odds-on for a 125 average, for, especially over the first yep. you know, 11 games. That's all you care about. So we're not talking about a 22-game average. We're only talking about an 11-game average. Yeah. And if what Clary, is the difference if between If Clary those? averages 115, so then it's like, will Jacobs average you 15 points more than Real and still generate some cash? Oh, I think Rao's lucky to average 80. So. Yeah, so there's that 95, so it comes down to a kind of an even race. Really. Exactly exactly right, yeah. So so it does depend on that. Now, the other consideration is by having Sam Jacobs and by having whatever, however else you spend your money, how much does that impact your trades? You know, by having Gorn, that's a lock, set and forget. So you're not going to trade him unless he gets injured. By having Jacobs, you are going to trade him at some point. Yes. So the extra money, you're spreading that around. Are you getting more speculative mid-prices that require trades? Or are you getting a bona fide premium that's going to be top in his position? Yes. And therefore, you're in the same position, but you've got that little bit of advantage. Yep. So it's it's guaranteed. If you have Jacobs, you have to trade him at some point. 
Absolutely. And I know Chris's line of thinking is Chris is like, okay, well, for the 350K, I think I'll start Gorn and I'll start a Jack Stevens who could be a top 10 pick in his line. Absolutely. And if he is, a Jack Stevens or even a Devin Smith, for those that have faith in him, uh, he will then be well. He will 44%. be he will be a keeper, which means that you save a trade and you have some good value. And which the is other, why that's I've sort of flipped my coin from Jacobs to Stevens for that mid price option. Yes. Uh, the other thing to note is is that if Sam Jacobs does flop at three fifty k, if he gets injured early or he doesn't score you very well, you are then essentially stuck because you can't afford that 350k unless you have to downgrade multiple people. Well, there's you, options. I mean, there are, got... but either way, they're not keeper options. No. None of them are keeper options. You, they're you all, are then they're all in the same position but he's wasting a trade. So you will have to down one down one up to a Nick Nat hopefully if he doesn't spike. Either way, you're not going to get a top 2 or three Ruckman if Jacobs goes down. You got to go down because you probably won't have the money. So you, you, it's uh, it's Sam Naismith, it's Sam Draper. And it's Darcy Cameron if you don't have any and of those sucks. three. The only way I see Jacobs being a good move is if Cameron looks like he is playing and looks like he is set in that position. Because at least you have some cover to kind of get you by. It'll be... I can tell you this. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I don't hate it either. I don't hate it a lot more than I, I definitely hate Nick Nat. And I'll probably go through that in the West Coast pod. But I that move just makes zero sense to me at all. But I can see... Scenarios I, I can, where this works it. out. And I've had him in uh, my side and I love what I can do with him in my side. What I hate more is just saying, oh, just Gorn and Grundy. That, it, like, it's not that simple. No. There's every chance. I mean, and until the last round of the season, Goldstein was a better pick than Gorn last year. There was literally the last round, a dead rubber match where Gorn goes 212 and Goldstein goes 65 in the same game. They played each other. Like it was a dead rubber game for North Melbourne and Melbourne, and Gornis went in hand. They still lost the game, by the way, but he went two twelve. So there's, yeah. if, if it's not that game, Coldstein's the better pick. Imagine, and, and no yeah. one's, everyone's overlooking that, going like, oh yeah, like whatever, like whatever. Yeah, no, that's true, and especially because when Gorn missed, he was a laid out. And it was after lock, like it was two minutes before lock. You remember, remember we were at Felons. Yeah, it sucked. We're at a mate's birthday. You I come up to me you. and go, "Bro, Gorn's a laid out. Trade him now." And I was like, "What do you mean?" So I legit got on my phone two minutes to spare before lockout and trading Goldstein. Yep. Like, so th- it's not as simple as just locking in Gorn and 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 Grundy. I think Grundy's the safest pick of the year, just based on. Yeah. Age, profile, list depth, the fact that Collingwood aren't changing anything. Not only that, we're, most years the rucks do change as far as who is the leading ruck. Now, exactly the problem right. is we've been blessed for the last couple yeah. of seasons. People get this false sense of security that the number one and two rucks are always going to stay the number one and two rucks. And I've, I, for one, I can't see a world where it's not Grundy and Gorn. But to just completely dismiss every other option, it's possible that, you know, maybe um, Goldstein does come back out and Gorn has issues. It's, you know, or, um, you know, someone else just takes the mantle. Like, even Lysette could just absolutely dominate and be the only person doing something for Port Adelaide. You know, con- you never know what's going to happen. The other consideration is um, there's big this big conjecture that Melbourne have this ridiculously awesome um, uh, fixture. That'll be coming up soon. Well, they don't really because yep. Melbourne is still shit. <laughs> it's like, yep. and Ruckman don't like Ruckman is one position on the field where you can. It doesn't matter who's better than who in terms of team wise. It's who's better Ruckman. Yeah, that's, that's what fair. scores better. So uh, the other good thing with Jacobs is that if you do start him, that 
you can then trade him to whoever is the number one and two ruck that you don't have at the time. So if it is Goldie, if it is Gorn, you can then get in that person. Whereas if you start a keeper... Goldie and Gorn, you're keeping them forever. Yeah, you're keeping them. If and even you if paid top dollar. Yeah, you have. You've paid top dollar. Even if there's five or ten points difference, I mean, that's too late. Again, there's probably a little bit more speculation, but yeah. Scott Lysette, I tell you what, if you look at his numbers, he's scary good last year. Yeah. And he could, by all all imaginations, all of a sudden pop up another 10 points per game and be in contention for that number one or two spot. He could be 115 and oh, we'd all be like... Absolutely. We'd he could. be like, fair. That's, he yeah, had some fair. huge games last year. Big ceiling. Um, and not only that, he actually had, when uh, Ryder was in this team to start with... This is what I mean. He started off big and then he plateaued out and he still averaged look good at, numbers. Look at his numbers. Look at how many games he played with Ryder and then think, okay, what are the games he played without Ryder? Look at his averages then go... Jesus, this is a, this is a real threat. Yeah, a real threat. So, so that's the benefit. There's there's pros and cons to both sides. We don't mind whichever one you do. So it's just it's good just, to talk about it. It's yeah. good to think. Don't just pigeonhole yourself to going. No, nah, I'm just doing this and, and I'm done. Go in with an look open. Go in with an open mind. See what it can do for your team and see what you prefer. If you look at it and go, "Ooh, I don't like that option," then don't do it. That's it's simple. Yeah. But yeah, just don't close your off to all the close yourself off to all the different options out there. Yep. Anyway, uh, forward line. Uh, not much to go, guys. Sorry, this has been a long pod. Uh, Toby Green, 510k forward. Of course, we've already chatted about Toby. Don't think his mid-time's going to be anywhere near there. No. I he's know so he's, damaging forward. You can't. That's the issue. And they're so loaded in the midfield. If anything, Taranto and Hopper are getting more mid-time yep. than Toby Green. So he's overall... In our, in our opinion, I think. He's obviously 510k. So you can look at it two ways. He averaged 93.9 for the season. But when he transitioned to midfield, he averaged 121 points per game. If he's going to be in the midfield, which I think is a huge if, probably the biggest if of their entire midfield section we've already talked about, yeah. That then, yeah, great, he's underpriced. But I don't think that's going to happen. Also, he's, again, another uh, player that is notoriously injured all the time. That is true. So The only way I see it working is if maybe he's forward and then if Cornelio is going to rest forward to try and snag a goal, maybe Green will go in Green for a goes, pinch, yeah, a pinch, pinch hit. He's always pinched hit, though. Yeah. I, like, yeah. That's not going to change. I, look... Green's good year. He's averaging 90. Oh, no, well, I, think I think 95. To, he's done like 95 forward. to 100 before. Yeah, 95. Yeah, I no, think, but those a, years he was, he was yeah. playing midfield. He was younger in his defense. I think 95 is kind of realistic as a forward. Well, then 95, you can sort of go as a forward. Oh, he's probably still going to be top 10. Ish. It's at a pinch. Goodbye. Yeah. I don't know. I'm... I'm not sold on him. I can tell you. Oh, that. I'm not sold on him. I'm not picking him at, at, at that. I'd rather. I think he's overpriced. I'd, I'd rather um, pick a Heaney for the same price. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, mean, I would higher case of yeah a total overall points being better. Yeah. Or and I think his average will be better. True. So, uh, other one, uh, Burnman McGee, Jeremy Cameron, ninety-two point nine. He ended up on a, after a blazing start. Yeah. When will people learn, Chris? Uh, don't pick people with two first names. And I think that's all we really rule need to number say, one. Don't I pick. I was going to say, don't pick a key forward. You're like, don't, no, no. Yeah, two first names, bro. Don't pick a key forward with two first names. Right. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, now onto the rookies. There is a couple of relevant stuff here. Not too much, but I will touch briefly on. My first pick, um, Kieran Briggs, forward defender, 123K. So I'm very interested in starting him. And for reasons other than what's probably regular in the uh, in the scheme of things. But given GWS's thin ruck stocks, so they've basically got Jacobs. Then they've got Mumford, if he's fit at the time. And then they've got Briggs. So Briggs was last year's first GWS pick. 
and the best ruckman of the of the season. Sorry, not first pick. Um, yeah, I'm looking at you. He Garth, was the, right? he was the first ruckman taken last year. He was the highest, the, the most touted ruckman okay. in the, in the uh, in the draft last year. It was a shallow draft for ruckman. Yeah, so I think it was a late teens pick. Uh, anyway, so they obviously want to put some development into it. Last year in the Neefield, he played forward and back, so that's why he's got his forward defender swing. Um, but he's yet to play at senior level, of course. So his ability to play forward means that he could be someone that they partner with Jacobs and he plays forward and rucks. Because yeah. previously they've, they've done Tomlinson to that role. He's no longer there. Himmelberg's played a little bit of ruck, but he's not. He's undersized ruckman anyway. Um, they played Jeremy Finlayson as a little bit of a chop out. Yeah, it'll All be of those guys. I mean, Patton's even, their, Patton yeah. was their guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Patton was that the guy they wanted that role. So he role. could fill that shoe a little bit. So I think there's a role there if they allow that to happen. I'm not sure how they'll structure, but I'm hoping he gets some time in the JLT. Interesting to watch him. Uh, even if like uh, Phil Davis or someone has an injury, they could use a, probably a big boy to swing. Um, True, or they could go Finlayson back and then have him forward. Yeah, yeah there's, there's there is a lot of a lot of different ways you can see him playing. However, the, the kicker, even if he doesn't play, which is what I'm hoping, he's a fantastic VC option. Uh, sorry, loophole VC option. Um, Sorry, sorry, loop captain's loophole option. I should loophole say loophole and swinging four because he's defender forward. So uh, Hill. Yep. Um, so if you're starting Hill, Stephen which Hill. I think most people Stephen will start, Hill. you can start him the opposite side and then rotate them through depending on who you've got, where, and what rookies are playing yep. what week, which gives you a little bit more flexibility. The other thing is if Darcy Cameron plays, which I think he will play as a ruck forward. Yeah. Um, he can just be on your bench as a playing ruck, making you cash. So you can have your loophole as that swing player that can swing between forward and defense. And the best thing is you can VC Grundy 11 times of the year. And the only time you cannot VC a premium option is round 21, which is back into the season where you probably have other zeros on field that aren't even counting. Well, definitely have other zeros. Uh, you'll, you'll, I guarantee point. you by that point, you'll have some no-name no floating zero that doesn't yep. matter. So I do think that there's some a great potential for him as a loophole option. And all right, I haven't moved him out of my team so far. Yeah. A loophole that could possibly get games. Exactly right. Yeah. yeah. It'd be fantastic if he does get games, but if he doesn't, you got a loophole there. So yeah, really guy that yeah. um, I'm all, looking forward to. And all pending on Cameron getting games for Collingwood. Yeah, yeah, as well. I like I think that he's probably the most logical posi- cho- uh, choice there, unless you're playing a loophole ruckman, the, the best loophole ruckman outside of um, the Kieran Briggs, who is not really a ruckman, is Comden. I think he's a North Melbourne guy, one seventeen k ruck ruck forward. So okay. I, so he's the one that you would change with uh, Darcy Cameron if, and you might play Darcy Cameron forward if he's playing, and yep. a whole bunch of different things. And these other rookies, uh, Lachlan Ash, we've ch- touched on him briefly. Unfortunately, he's one hundred ninety three k. So for me, I wouldn't be touching him anyway. Too expensive for a rookie for me. But he has defender uh, defender mid status. Ready-made halfback flanker can slot in literally round one, but unfortunately it's GWS. Any other club in in Australia apart from maybe Collingwood and Geelong, he's probably starting round one. Uh, because of that, I don't think he is. But if he does, expect Williams to get more midfield time, which will improve his stocks as well. Tom Green, same issue. Um, 190 centimeters and 89 kilos. Big body midfielder. Again, yep. any other team, he's starting Big round piece. one. Um, good for probably a keeper league. But again, GWS like to get some games into their plays. If I mean, if Haitley and these other boys can't get a gig, yep. and they were still fairly high draft picks, uh, it might take a little bit of time. Um, can get the ball, can get the contested ball. But I think uh, as far as you know, super coach numbers and stuff go in, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he goes against the, the, the bigger boys. 
Yeah, true. And look, so what happened with GWS's draft is that they had pick six and pick 10. They were worried that if they didn't upgrade their pick to pick four, which was Ash, that they would be forced to take Tom Green at pick yep. six and reduce their value. So oh, they, and they did well. They pretty much yeah. were like, well, we're just going to do it because we can now get two top, essentially, well, two top five picks. And Tom Green has been touted as a top five pick for the whole year. So, so they're like, we'll just take two people in the top five and have Absolutely. A and if oh, you're GWS, it. why not? I yeah. mean, it's another, not? another two top 10 picks to the uh, yeah. 18 that they already have on their team. Why not? Um, but because of that, I don't see him playing early because, again, we've we've gone through the midfield depth. It's just crazy. It's huge. And people, get, just... people get sucked in because he's, like, what, 30K cheaper than other people? Don't fall for it. And they also still have Haley and Corwell that haven't played yet. Xavier O'Halloran, who's a where's fantastic he, yeah, player. Yeah, where's he going to play? Played. Unless they have the injury issues they had last year, even then he still would be hard. True. It's, it's, it's hard. Now, interestingly, the, la- the ladder picks that they had, um, Jake Riccardi and Tom Hutchison, they are both mature age recruits designed to be ready-made players this year for depth. So And they're 117K, good price. They, they are. Um, but uh, So Riccardi is a mature age forward and taken from the VFL from Williamstown, um, designed to cover the loss of John Patton. Now, unfortunately, I don't think he's going to be playing as you know, in their first team, but if they get an injury to Himmelberg or to uh, Finlayson, you can see someone like Riccardi coming in and making an impact. I don't know whether he'll score well. It's That's all up in the air, but I think we'll get at least two games of knowledge before having to look at him. Fair call. Um, Hutchinson, the complete opposite, complete outside player who can apply good defensive pressure. I think we'll probably see him more as a forward pressure player um, as opposed to a midfield pressure player just because of his height. He's a short player. I think he's 175 centimetres. Um, but obviously aggression, defensive pressure, etc. Well, being a Hutchinson, maybe he'll uh, build in price for us. Oh, you Hutchies builders. I, I respect that. No, no good, good work. That was a joke? construction joke. <laughs> uh, preseason watch, obviously, Green and Jacobs. They're probably the two most important picks to watch. Yep. And Kelly, I think, if he um, watches preseason. Well, if you don't, as long as he doesn't get injured. Like, that's what I mean. If you don't hear any negative press about uh, Jelly, then I'd be definitely look, considering him strongly for my side. My issue is who do you take out? That's hard. Oh, I've looked at it. I've, I've, I'm every going, time I look, I'm, I'm like... Well, I'm going him instead of like a Fife or something. For a, a, a point every of difference. Every single person that you choose instead of like them, it's like... Well, Fife is like 40 to 45% owned. So for me, I'd be choosing Josh Kelly oh, at 35% less ownership. Fife goes big and... Yeah, but Josh Kelly will go big when he's there too. And Fife did have a shoulder reconstruction. So for me, I'm going with Jelly if he's fit. I don't mind it. Never go with someone after a shot of Rico. I don't hate it. Yes, right. Mm. Anyway, uh, breakout contenders, I've got nil. I don't think there will be any uh, mid-price breakouts for the GWS Giants. I think it's going to be people coming back from injury who are already there or already proven guns. There's going to be no legitimate breakouts. The other one is Jelly going from premium to ultra premium. Pretty much. That's about it. I think he's already ultra premium. It's like ultra, ultra premium. Ultra, ultra, ultra... Yeah, ultimate. A, it's like BP ultimate. That was a Killer Instinct reference for those oh, playing. Home. I missed it. <laughs> anyway, that pretty much wraps us up for the Giants. And uh, look, stay tuned, and we'll hit. I don't even know who we have next. Hawthorne, Hawthorne North Melbourne, Melbourne. Uh, someone Hawthorne, all, I think. All those peeps, and uh, we'll get those out to you very shortly. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. Boy. The C is for the courage I possess through the drama. H is for the hurt, but it's all for the honor. A is for my attitude, working through the patience. Money comes and goes, so the M is for motivation. Gotta stay consistent, the P is to persevere. The I is for integrity, innovative career. The O is optimistic, open and never shut. And the N is necessary, cause I'm never giving up. See, they ask me how I did it.
did it, I just did it from the heart Crushing the competition, been doing it from the start They say that every champion is all about his principles Carry. I am the 